Hi everyone, welcome back to Final Film. Today I'm bringing you my review of Flash, the 2023 film, The Flash. Now, I've only just got around to seeing this, and the reason for that, namely, is life getting in the way, Ellie being born, all that kind of stuff. I had a ticket booked, I was going to go and see it, but then Ellie's birth was sort of brought forward and sort of got in the way of that a little bit. Um, now, I'm saying that, knowing and thinking now in my head that Ellie was born in June, towards the beginning of June. Flash was released around about the same time. And I'm now talking to you at the end of July, having been able to see it because of its home premiere release. Now, I don't know about you, but there's a thing that I'm going to get to in a little bit about how successful this film has been. Kind of counteracts it, kind of contradicts it a little bit in that I've already been able to see it legally at home and I'm only six weeks out. So we'll get to that. So, like I say, my first time seeing The Flash, um, very solid opening sequence uh, featuring the Justice League, so featuring Batman, Wonder Woman, uh, a couple of cameos that get thrown in there, lots of potential for the DCU, but it never clicked. It just never clicked. And I was watching this and I thought, I quite like Ezra Miller's Flash. Very charming, very sort of the right fit, the right character for the actor. Um, I, I was always a fan of Ben Affleck's Batman. I I still admit to this day and still, still sort of fight the battle of the to this day that in Batman versus Superman, there is a very good Batman film. The stuff with Clark Kent and Superman brings it down a little bit to the point where I even edited out a lot of the Superman stuff when it was released just so that I could watch all the Batman stuff together. I quite like Batfleck. Call on that what you will. Now... The rest of it, and obviously, you know, you get Wonder Woman's motif, the yeah, and so it all fits and it all works well, but for whatever reason, they've just not been able to click. And I'm going to come to this in a little bit when it comes to the success of the film. In terms of The Flash and in terms of Barry Allen's story, Barry's story remains the same here. And it reminded me a little bit of the Peter Parker story in that we've seen... Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi do it. We've seen Mark Webb, Andrew Garfield do it. We've seen Tom Holland um, and the director, I apologise, whose name has completely gone out of my head and I ain't getting that back. So I massively apologise on that one because they're my favourites. Um, all very similar, okay? All very similar in terms of we know that there's an Uncle Ben, there's an Uncle Ben that dies. But obviously, the Tom Holland films do it a little bit differently in that there's not much of a mention of an Uncle Ben, if at all. And we don't need to retread that. But here, for Barry, unless you were familiar with the TV show, I would say that you probably don't know Barry's story. And Barry's story being that Barry's dad is in jail for the murder of Barry's mum. Now, it's quite a big significant plot point in the first season of the TV show Flash, which obviously this doesn't necessarily carry on from, um, but it hits the sort of same beats or a couple of the same beats. So it comes up quite early on here in the film as well. Barry realises that if he runs fast enough, he can go back in time and change his mother's um, fate, which of course is never that simple. And he sort of, he does it and he tries it. And then there's this sort of, black figure unknown antagonist that stops him from doing that punches him and propels him into a split in the timeline now as it propels him into the split in the timeline barry sort of lands and is able to go home with his dad there and his mum there and he thinks everything is okay and then he sees 18 year old himself skipping being the sort of jovial self that he is not occurring in the world 
And then our Barry, present Barry, realizes, hang on, something's not quite right here. So we end up with two sides of the same coin. We have a past Barry who is young, naive, arrogant. Uh, We have a present Barry who is trying to, again, like I say, trying to change his mother's fate, trying to save his mum so that he can spend a bit more time with her, see her as he would have done growing up and all that kind of stuff. And throughout the film, and I'm going to come to some of the other characters in a minute, throughout the film, it begins to be a sort of mentor-mentee situation with the same person just years apart in that our Barry, present Barry, loses his powers. Past Barry gets them. So it's all about sort of having to deal with that, having to deal with trying to train this kid up, trying to tra- train past himself up. Um, and we then end up sort of... Barry's scrambling to try and find members of the Justice League to f- to help him because you see General Zod coming down. So we're going all the way back to 2013 Man of Steel here with this one. So you see General Zod coming down and he tries to sort of regroup the Justice League. Can't find Arthur Curry, can't find... Um, Aquaman, can't find Diana Prince, can't find Wonder Woman, can't find Cyborg, finds a Bruce Wayne, but it's not his Bruce Wayne, it's Michael Keaton Bruce Wayne from the 89 Batman and Batman Returns. Now, I couldn't help but feel this way when I watched it, because obviously I knew, I knew that Keaton was coming back in it, and the casting of Keaton in Flash was something that made everyone go oh, I'm really looking forward to seeing this. And then all the trailers and all that kind of stuff, he was all over the shop in terms of the promotional material. I can't help but wonder that if these things didn't get spoiled this day and age, how the word of mouth would have gone for this film. If somebody just rocked up to the cinema, watched The Flash, and then it blew their mind that Michael Keaton was back in it as Batman, and then it blew somebody else's mind that instead of Superman... We had Supergirl. Would that have made any difference? Would people have gone and watched it? Would people have gone and watched it, then spread the word around about specific characters being in it? Um, and then it then made more money than it actually ended up doing. Um, because, so to come to the thing that I was going to talk about. So I'll tell you what, let's wrap up the review and then I want to talk a little bit about the future of it. I enjoyed it. I think it's a four-star film for me, low four-star film for me. It's fallen into my top ten, but it's towards the bottom, so I doubt it's going to stay there for the rest of the year. I enjoyed it because I enjoyed Ezra Miller's performance as the Flash as Barry. I I thought the levity was good enough to be in there. I quite enjoy watching Michael Keaton. I think he's a really good screen presence. He isn't... I, I, I say... It, it, again, apologies for contradicting myself here a little bit, but I wouldn't say he's my Batman, because I'd say my Batman is Christian Bale, but he is the first Batman that I saw. So I can not enjoy seeing him as Batman in the Batsuit, in the Batmobile, doing all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I thought everything around it was fine. I thought I, you know, I enjoyed There was nothing wrong with it, really. There was nothing wrong with it, other than the fact that, again, I think, I wonder in terms of the marketing of it, if you could have left some of that around. The CGI towards the end does get a little bit shonky, so I suppose that is the thing that I would say is wrong with it. It's not a perfect film, but it's definitely not a bad film. It's not the worst that you've seen of the DCEU. Um, But in terms of its future, now I wondered whether this would lead to Flashpoint, because obviously a kind of Flashpoint event has happened here. So if you're not aware of the Flashpoint, 
it's that Barry goes back to change something, but then he changes other timelines as well. The sort of key scene in the uh, TV universe with Arrow, the Arrowverse and Flash and all that kind of stuff is when Diggle's son changes to a daughter because of the Flashpoint and his sort of realisation of that. But then I wondered whether they were going to try and do more with another film for this. It doesn't look that way. So I'm just going to quote something from Wikipedia. So the Wikipedia page says, the film has grossed $267.6 million worldwide against a production budget of around 200 to $220 million, not including marketing costs. So if you consider $220, uh, let's call it 220 plus the marketing costs, and it's made 267 it's not, it's nowhere near breaking even. Um, making it one of the biggest box office bombs of all time with projections of as much as a $200 million loss for Warner Brothers. Now, I began to think about why that might be. And the only thing that I sort of think of and I can put it down to is the Warner way of releasing or this current way of releasing, which certain films are being released in the cinema for four weeks, five weeks. And then after that short time, and it is a short time, they are then making their way to be able to be rented from iTunes, from all these different digital services, Sky Store, all that kind of stuff, for a quite hefty price of about $19.99 for you to either buy it or $15.99 for you to rent it for 48 hours. Now, I see that as a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing for the people who, since COVID, totally accept it, are choosing not to go out to the cinema or, or maybe just got used to it or even the people who have always struggled to get to the cinema and now they're able to see stuff sooner, quicker for a relatively similar price. The bad thing about it is, is that I think you're sort of allowing yourself up to piracy sooner than you would be doing in that if some people know and especially with the Warner Brothers film, because of the way that their model works with HBO Max and all that kind of stuff, is that you know that in four weeks' time, you're going to be able to watch that film at home, pirated, or even paying you $19.99, are you really then going to make the trip out to the cinema? And I think what we need to get back to is this sort of model of films being in cinema longer. because they're the only way that they're going to make money. I don't think you get, I don't think Flash was given enough time to make money because of everything else that was around it. Like I'm talking this week as Barbie and Oppenheimer are out, they're making a ton of money. I'm talking this week as, um, you know, Mission Impossible has got to the top of the box office and that's going to make a lot of money. Those are the films that are going to stay in the cinema for a while. Those are the films that aren't going anywhere. They aren't going to be seen on streaming for a while. So they're going to make all their money. But with things like Flash, with things like Black Adam, with things like Shazam Fury of the Gods, these are all things that you know that because of the way that Warners are releasing, you're going to see them in a different format sooner than you would rather than it just being in the cinema. You're not necessarily forcing anyone to have to go out to find this film and to go and see this film. Nothing surprised me more than a few weeks ago when I got the email from Warner saying, here is your invitation to the home premiere screening of The Flash. And doing what I do through the channels in the same way that I get the, the physical copies, I did it, I was sent a link, I was able to watch The Flash this morning. So 
I, I just I don't I think it's it's sad. And the reason why I'm sort of going into this and delving into this is because I do think it's sad because despite all the talent that is happening here, so I'm not just talking your Ezra Millers, I'm not just talking the Flash or the way that I said at the beginning it felt like it was working. I'm talking people like Andy Muschietti who has has come from making it it chapter one and it chapter two and clearly made a good film here, but is probably not going to be allowed to make a sequel because this one didn't make as much money. And I, at this point, would welcome a sequel, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think I'm going to get it. And I think that comes down to that and possibly even more the fact that in terms of the mainstream viewpoint of these films or perspective of these films, you're there's we're now victims of the hodgepodge version of Justice League in that not the Snyderverse version, but the one that was put together and then released into cinemas with the dodgy CGI mustache that became a meme that then became a laughing stock, despite the potential of all the things that are going on there and the stubbornness on Warner's part to, and I totally understand this because you've put the money in it, do individual films for all these characters. They're trying, God bless them, they're trying, getting all these individual films out, but something's just not hit properly for Justice League and the DCEU since Justice League, since the Snyder, the not Snyderverse Justice League, that you finally gave us Snyderverse, but you gave us Snyderverse as a digital sort of release straight to Sky. It went over here, so I could watch that free of charge. But then you're still doing Flash, Wonder Woman eighty four flopped, Flash has flopped, Black Adam's done nothing, you know. So it's like there's apparently still going to be an Aquaman sequel at some point. I feel like the time frame between that one and the first one, COVID away from all this argument isn't going to do it any favors whatsoever so i'm wondering if you just have to press the reset button for this now an alternative viewpoint to my own is one that i found on digital spy where they said that for a comic book movie to break out beyond the core fan base you need the promotional tour with the big names and flash just didn't have it and i understand that to a point in that flash didn't have off the top of my head you know big names going around and doing all the interviews. It didn't have a Tom Cruise going around doing the interviews, right? Fine. Not all superhero films do, though. But I don't think Flash was established enough at that point to then be able to just sell the film off the fact that it's a Flash film and sell the film off the fact that it's just Michael Keaton back as Batman. But thinking about it now, as I'm saying it, I don't remember there being many interviews or any interviews with Michael Keaton about the fact that he was back in the Batsuit in this one. Obviously, Ezra Miller's controversies are Ezra Miller's controversies, and they weren't going to put him on the promo tour. But when you've got, again, bless him, Andy and his sister Barbara Muschietti doing all of the promotions for themselves, there's only so much you can do there. I enjoyed listening to his his interview with Simon Mayo because I'm a film fan. But if I'm a sort of casual watcher, but I like The Flash, I'm not necessarily going to be too fussed about what it is that he said. So I want to, I want to know from Michael Keaton about being Batman. So I think there are a lot of things that before even this hit the cinemas were just working against it. And I think it's a damn shame because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it this morning watching it. Um, and it's sort of, it's unfortunate because I don't think I'm going to get to see another one. I don't think I'm going to get to see what they do next or where they go with Flashpoint or anything like that. I think it's going to be, a hard reset at this point. There's only so many times now where you can get an uncredited, uncredited 
Ben Affleck cameo as Batman now that we're so many years past Batman versus Superman. Like it's, it's almost 10 years now, but it's been 10 years since Batman versus Superman. It's been, you're talking what now, seven or eight since Justice League. Like he, he just keeps popping up in random films. And who is anyone really that bothered anymore? And yeah, I feel like I'm just sort of shouting into the wind at this point, but. Yeah, it is unfortunate because I did. I really enjoyed The Flash. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would do. Um, I thought it was just going to be fine. Um, I think it is a little bit more than that. Obviously, there's dodgy CGI towards the end and all that nonsense, but it's funny. It's got characters in it that you like. The pacing is is, is very well paced. The, the, the two hours and a bit sort of breezed by for me. Um, and it had the right balance of levity and action. And yeah, I enjoyed it, but... I think the sort of it disheartened me a bit going on the Wikipedia and it being now referred to as one of the biggest box office bombs of all time. So yeah, I don't really know what else to say there. But check out the Flash if you've not already seen it. It is worth a watch. Um, maybe give it a little bit of a boost. You know, give it a rent, give it a a, a buy on digital services. I think I'm going to buy it. And yeah, I enjoyed it, and I hope you do too. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for listening. You can help support the podcast by going over to our sponsor, Off World Tees, using the code FARAND, that's F-A-R-R-A-N-D, for 15% off your order. Go over to the Redbubble store for all the director filmography t-shirts and the Barbie and the Oppenheimer t-shirts. Stay safe, look after each other, and I will see you next time.